Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode number 28 in Be With Me. Going to ask a good question today, and that is, is your conscience clean? And I know it sounds crazy, but I really hope not. Uh, the, the point of today's passage is that sin is a big deal. It's been a big deal for a long time. God treats it extremely seriously, and if only we did too. And the, the kind of the way into our, our lives is by our conscience. That's how, that's how we get started with this. So we're going to learn today about his, historically this elaborate, complicated, expensive system about how to deal with sin to try to get to a, to a, a good conscience, a clean conscience. And we're going to find that it's temporary and in, you know, inadequate and it's imperfect. In short, the system we're going to talk about today mostly does not work. So it's this attempt to get a clean conscience that ultimately doesn't work. Listen in, this is Hebrews 9. This is all to point you towards Jesus at, at the end. 9.1, now even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence, it is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second second called the most holy place, having the golden altar of incense, the Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's staff that budded and the tablets of the covenant, that is the Ten Commandments. Verse 5, above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot speak in detail. <laughs> He's already spoken in detail. Verse 6, these preparations having thus been made, the priests go regularly into the first section performing their ritual duties. But into the second, the holy, the high priest, that's the holy of holies, the high priest goes, but he, but once a year, and not without taking blood. Remember that which he offers for himself and the unintentional sins of the people. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates the way into the holy places is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age. According to this arrangement, the gifts and sacrifices offered that cannot perfect the conscience, in other words, they don't work, of the worshiper, but deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of Reformation. So this, let's pause there. So historically, this is an attempt to deal with sin. And so he's describing the day of atonement. And he says, you can't not take blood. Sin is a blood requiring problem. And all the blood lettees, the ones that had their blood letted, they died. This, the, the sin is a life taking problem for the life of the flesh is in the blood says Leviticus 17:11. So this atonement process is also only for unintentional sins, the whoop sins, the ignorant sins. Well, what about the the uh, the intentional sins? So the Old Testament separates sins into kind of two categories. One is the intentional sins and the other one is the the, uh, the unintentional and the intentional. You know, were they oversights or were they a little bit more premeditated? So these intentional sins were uh, premeditated. It's like the difference between manslaughter, I didn't mean to kill the guy, versus murder, where I thought about it. And uh, apparently, according to the Levitical system, the Levitical system is only for the unintentional sins. Well, what about the ones you sort of planned on and you, you know, planned to harm another person or whatever? Blood would be required for those, yes. 
But there's only one choice. There's no substitutionary choice. It has to be your own blood. So, so think about these things. Number one, sin is serious business. It is through the Bible. It's, you know, every person has to deal with this. Secondly, it's life requiring. Uh, thirdly, there's frequent intentional and unintentional sins. What it's saying is nobody keeps kosher. All have sinned. All fall short. And if considered, we are so, so ready for a Savior. So what do people do about their sins? Big question. Number one, people ignore it. You know, I'm not very bad. I'm not bad. Number two is deny it. Number three is compare it. Well, I'm not as bad as the next guy. I'm not as bad as Hitler. And then number four is attempt to fix it by some inadequate arrangement. So verse 9 says, according to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices that are offered that cannot perfect the conscience. So anything that you can think up on your own is not going to work. It's not going to perfect your conscience. So if you say that your conscience is clean without Jesus, you are not paying attention. You're either ignoring, denying, you know, comparing or attempting it to, to fix it on your own. The purpose of this inadequate sacrificial system is to point you towards the adequate sacrificial system, the sufficient one, the permanent one, the available one. So I hope today that you have this seared, imperfect conscience. I hope you have a guilty conscience. Why? Well, for one thing, because it's reality, you better have a a guilty conscience. You should be burdened and self-abhorring. You should be able to say, I am not okay. I am done. My heart is struck with sin, and what am I going to do? So here's my prayer. I pray, Lord, that our sins may become more prominent, that our sins would be ever before you. I pray that our consciences would not be clean, would not not be cleared, and that they would be seared with our sins. And why such a cruel prayer? So that it would lead us away from ignorance and denying and false atonement and know the seriousness, the deathly seriousness of sin. So how seriously do you take sin? Deathly serious, Lord. This makes you, makes me say, I need a savior. I need a remedy. I need a sacrifice that actually works. I need a sacrifice that atones and erases and it's can give me a pure conscience. I must go to the cross. I must agree with you. I must agree with the seriousness. I must agree with the perfection of the atoning blood of Jesus. That's how I get a pure conscience. So is my conscience clean? No, not without Jesus. Thanks for listening.